0: Since it is our duty fully to enjoy the truth, which lives unchangeably, and since the triune God takes counsel in this truth for the things which he has made, the soul must be purified so that it may have power to perceive that light and to rest in it when it is perceived. And let us look upon this purification as a kind of journey or, or voyage to our native land for it is not by change of place that we can that we come nearer to him who is in every place but by the cultivation of pure desires and virtuous habits. St. Augustine said that in Non-Christian Doctrine, Book 1, Chapter 10. Welcome to the latest Ask Andrew. And in fact, we are on number 30 today. So I just have a couple quick announcements which will follow the question. Today, we're going to address the question of how do I get started in classical education as an adult and I'll just say right now that this has everything to do with the question of adequation or adequacy and also of repentance, which I addressed in my last um, Ask Andrew podcast. Um, but let me just say again, welcome aboard. And you, you might be aware that I haven't posted a an Ask Andrew in a little bit over a month. And so I want to just briefly mention that this is a, a restarting um and and that and i want to mention also that my intention is that now they will get more regular so here's my plan if anybody cares about this otherwise jump forward 30 seconds or so in the next year i have made some decisions health reasons and other causes but mainly because i want to be able to do more podcasts and teach more uh, to do less travel, to do more research, more podcasts, and, and even some classes. So, for example, right now, as I speak, I've just launched a class in in our atrium with Andrea Lipinski's help called, uh, it's about the seven liberal arts. In And this is in our Circe Atrium. If, if it's not the end of September when you hear this and you're interested, come join me. Um, also, on the 29th of September... I will be going to Franklin, Tennessee. So it's not that I'm not traveling at all; uh, just cutting back. And so on the 29th of September, I will be in Franklin, Tennessee, with Greg Wilbur and Matt Bianco, where we're going to talk about the question of the seven of the quadrivium, in particular, and how important the quadrivium is toward liberty, toward freedom, uh, toward truth, and toward what's the other thing? Freedom and and harmony freedom, harmony, and, and truth perception. Um, and I, and I, hope, I hope that you'll be able, some of you will be able to come to Franklin on the 29th of September. In the meantime, it is my hope and my plan that these will become increasingly regular so that every single week you'll get a nice short Ask Andrew. Um, but if I keep on going with this announcement, then that won't happen, will it? Well, as I mentioned, this is a restart. One of the things we're changing... Well, it's not a restart, it's... going forward, but one of the things we're adding is a Facebook page. You're not? We're not adding a Facebook page. We have a Searcy Institute Facebook page, and if you have questions or comments about the Ask Andrew, I want to encourage you to go to the Searcy Institute Facebook page. I think it's just Searcy Institute, and go in there and ask your questions, and then those will get sent on to me. Um, you can use other means if you have been, by all means. Um, but also, you should feel free when when podcasts are posted there to discuss them if you want to. So, or, or yeah, to discuss them, um, in the last year, this is podcast 30 and a little bit in almost a year now that gives us 30 podcasts. I hope to to do 52 over the next. Um, and in that time, we've talked about things like what is classical education? What are the seven liberal arts, the trivium and the quadrivium? What is imitation? Um, what does classical education have to do with knowing God? What is virtue? What is wisdom? Um, we also had a, a series, a short series with my daughter, Katie, about classical education and in, in other cultures. She's in Africa. We had quite a, a long-ish, for an Ask Andrew, set series on, on assessment and, and covered a lot of ground, I think, in the last year. But I noticed something. In all that time, never did I address the common question, well, how do I get started? And that's what I want to address in today's session, and frankly, it will be, Mm-hmm. Three, four, maybe five sessions on how to get started in a classical education as an adult. I mentioned earlier that this has everything to do with adequacy. And what I meant by that, if you listen to my previous, my last podcast, Last Ask Andrew podcast, we talked about. The whole question of having adequate tools for a given task, and how, uh, for example, mathematics is magnificent for what it does, but it 's not adequate for ethical questions, for example, well, we need adequate tools, and when we talk about getting started in a classical education, well, what I hope to offer you in in these few podcasts now is a series of adequate tools adequate to get you started, adequate to Um, start the process of becoming or getting or passing on or giving a classical education to the extent that we can. And a big part of that, maybe to me, the most important tool (laughs) of getting properly educated, especially when you think of the words of Augustine, who said that what we're talking about is, is purifying our hearts. And that That's a journey. Purifying our hearts, he says, is a journey, not in space, but within ourselves, where we have to purify our desires and develop the virtuous habits required to get home. And I think that's a very beautiful picture. Well, if we're going to do that, it seems to me one of the most essential things we have to develop the habit of doing is simply repenting. And I mean that in two senses. In the sense, intellectual repentance, which is what happens when we realize we don't know something that we thought we knew, and we say, I don't know. That's an intellectual repentance. But even there, you can see a moral element, because it requires some degree, at least, of humility to say, I don't know, depending on how much reality simply forces us out of you. But but humility is an important thing for all learning and for life. It's a moral um, virtue. And what I would propose then is that the intellectual repentance is necessary, but so is our moral repentance. Because the reason we don't have pure hearts and virtuous habits, well, it's because of sin, and so we need to repent ourselves. We're not going. To, we're, we need to repent ourselves into the moral virtues, into the virtuous habits, and into the into the um, pure heart. We're not going to get there on our own efforts. And that's at the heart of repentance is simply saying, I'm not adequate to this task. And therefore, one of our most essential tools is repentance, and that's intimately bound with faith. Now, that's context. What I want to offer you is, well, I'm going to give you six, let's call them categories of tools, six six things you need to do to get started in, a, in, in getting a classical education as an adult. I'll just tell you what the six are. One, you need to reorient yourself. And if you're writing notes, I've been told that some of you actually write notes. You can feel free to do that. I'm going to just list the six now and then look at each one a little closer. So I won't I won't slow down for you to write now, but I will be coming back to it. Okay, first of all, you need to reorient yourself if you're just getting started. Reorient yourself. Two, set goals. And we'll talk about what sorts of goals you should set in just a moment. Three, this is going to surprise you now, but be ready for this. Pursue those goals. Four, learn about classical education. Now, I'm going to assume that that's probably going to be one of the goals. If you want to get started in it, how do you do that? Well, one of the goals is to learn about it. But I want to make a sharp distinction here for the sake of discussion between learning about classical education... And experiencing or getting or doing classical education. And if I can quote that relatively inappropriate motto from Nike, I'll just at use here, just do it. Which depends so much on context that it should never be used as an advertisement. But anyway, in the case of getting a classical education, you need not only to learn about it, but you need to do it. It needs to be something that is internalized through experience. And then six, go home. And there, of course, I'm referring metaphorically to home in the Augustinian sense from that quotation of keep going on the journey toward your inner home, which is, of course, our God. It was Augustine who wrote, our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee, O Lord. Well, let's wander home to our heart where, where our Lord must be. And so, so go home. And what I mean then is, Go home. What? Um, Don't give up. Don't quit. Like Odysseus and like David and like Abraham, there are going to be times when you're going to want to quit. Don't. Keep on going home. Penelope is waiting for you. Okay, so let's look at these a little bit closer. For now, I'm going to do an overview of what I mean by those six things now, and then I'll give each of them, or I'll give I'll, I'll develop them in, in later podcasts. Okay, so what I've said is, number one, reorient yourself. Now, reorienting yourself, of course, is a lot like repentance, isn't it? What I said before is there's an intellectual repentance where you say, I don't know. And what do you do... When you, when you think you know something, but you come to realize that you don't know. Well, you turn around, don't you? That's what repentance means. The Greek word metanoia literally means to turn or to change your mind. All right. In an internal way, by the way. Not just your cognitive conscious mind, but the direction of your mind. Okay, so, so you need to reorient yourself in this act of repentance to what? To what? All right. First of all, reorient yourself to the kingdom of God. When you think about education, for example, is your goal that you will have enough to wear and enough to eat? And, and I believe that there's a physical truth being proclaimed there, but I believe there's also a spiritual truth. I'm, all, I'm constantly amazed by the fact that the first person to worry about food in the Bible was Eve, and the first person to worry about clothing in the Bible was Adam and Eve, because the two of them together worried too much about food. And they ate food that made them ashamed. And we are living that shame out now. And I believe one of the things that the Lord Jesus is promising us when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I do believe that he means you'll have enough to eat and you'll have enough to wear. But I think there's something much more important than that going on. What he's saying even more than that is you won't be ashamed. You won't be standing there naked before the world. You won't be exposed as a fraud, which is our, I mean, think about it. What do people? What's what are the two biggest fears? Standing in front of an audience naked and dying. Well, that's pretty well Genesis chapter three right there, isn't it? Well, our Lord is saying, you will never be exposed before the world as naked. You will never be ashamed. And I will not let you die. I will preserve you in my hand. And so that, I think, has to be the beginning of our reorientation. But if what we're doing is worrying about our careers and our status in society, and even what our children or our parents or our neighbors or our friends at church think about, if we're always trying to make them think we're something that we're not, whether that be through better dress bigger house whatever it is that's going to disorient our thoughts on education it's going to mean that the purity of our heart is lacking and we need to turn from that back to the kingdom of god and his justice or his righteousness i say justice or righteousness because the greek word dikaiosune can be translated either way and and you know it just depends on what context you're you're using it so the first thing is that that turning ourselves to seeking first the kingdom of god and and i and here's the here's my practical point there we spend so much time worrying in education you see about two things we worry about success in the world and we think, worry about appearance by success we kind of enumerate that into jobs and money and college degrees and so on but really so much of it has to do with appearance And we worry about that so much that we just can't think straight about education. Well, if we thought straight about education and we sought first the kingdom of God, I believe the next thing we would do is we would look at Philippians 4.8 and intuitively, by the Spirit, we would follow it. And if I can condense Philippians 4.8 into three words, I'll say the second thing to which we need to reorient ourselves is we need to reorient to truth, goodness, and beauty. Okay. Okay. We need to reorient our souls to the truth because that's what the soul feeds on. I'm not going to develop this now because A, I have in former talks and B, I probably will in the next one. The third thing we need to reorient ourselves toward is wisdom and virtue. Becoming wise and becoming virtuous is more important than being well-dressed and eating well. It's more important than success in the job. It's more important than things that demand that you give up your integrity. And in fact, without wisdom and virtue, we won't know what we should do at work when our integrity is on the line. We need wisdom and virtue. And to cultivate wisdom and virtue, my contention has always been that we need to focus on the liberating arts, the, the ability to do what is distinctively human as the image of God, which is to use language and to use maths. And we need to, we need to cultivate on the, the, the liberating arts instead of the, instead of the mechanical arts or the serving arts. And when I say instead of, I mean more than. I don't mean I don't mean exclusively. I mean focus first on being a human made in the image of God and then focus on making making and using tools. Okay? Cuz you won't know how to make and use tools if you aren't a good human being first. So co- orient yourself toward the liberating arts and finally orient yourself toward Christ the Logos and I want to emphasize Christ the Logos. Christ the Logos as the Word of God proclaimed to man. Christ the Logos as the ordering principle of all that is. Christ the Logos as the one that in Colossians we learn all things hold together in him. In Ephesians, we learn that it pleased the Father that all things would be made one in him. He is the principle of unity and harmony in the entire world, and therefore he must be the principle of unity and harmony in our minds because there is no other sufficient principle of unity and harmony. Nothing else can bring everything into a peaceful order. Everything else, which and we follow everything else, everything else, will bring chaos, pain, and despair if it's the principle. Christ alone, the Christ, the Logos, must be the, the object of our orientation. Now, having said that, and I'm rushing through this, I know that because I'm going to come back to it, but having said that, you need to be honest about where you are. And there's two honesties here. The first honesty is you have to acknowledge that you're not a master of classical education. Great. That's not hard, is it? Okay even around other people that wanna hear you talk though. And next you have to acknowledge that you're not brand new to it. You know why you're not brand new to it? Because classical education is about being human. You've been partially human your whole life. If you know how to use language, it's because you were partially classically educated. If you can talk, that was a classical thing you were learning. If you can make decisions about anything, then you're partially classically educated. My point isn't to be absurd here. My point is to say that if you focus on being a human being, you don't then have to create a, a brand new system of education. Classical education, Christian classical education in particular, I'm going to just come right out and say it. It's the kind of education that everything else wishes it was. Everything else is a piece of classical education. If they go so far as to reject classical education, then in, insofar as they reject it, I'm hoping they're doing that out of ignorance, but they're harming themselves because classical education, Christian classical education provides what they wish they could attain in their context. So do not not see classical education as the opposite of everything you've ever learned up till this point. Everything you've ever learned that is true, everything that you've ever learned that works when it comes to education, if it's oriented toward wisdom and virtue, if there's anything of truth, goodness and beauty in it, then it was classical. So you're not starting from scratch. Enjoy that thought. For me, I had the great privilege as a child of growing up in a family that loved the Bible, in a church that loved the Bible, and man, did they make me memorize it and read it. They taught me how to study it. All of that, when I look back on it, was preparation for a Christian classical education. It was all leading me into a form of education that would not be content. I, after reading so much of the Bible as a child, I simply couldn't be content with something that was so fragmented and partial. And many of you had a, seri- a similar experience where, where you learned so much Bible that now, now your soul's just hungry for, for truth, goodness, and beauty. Thank God for that don't abandon that. Don't feel like every Christian education that isn't classical has nothing to offer. That's nonsense. The reason classical is so valuable to me is because I believe it's the truly Christian form of education, the cultivation of wisdom and virtue. Okay? So so begin begin given that you let me put it this way. You're not buying a new house. Okay? You're Maybe you're not buying a new ship. I'm not sure what the best picture is, but you're not starting from scratch. Let's just stay with my bad metaphor of the house for a moment. You're in a mansion, okay? And in that mansion, there's furniture. And in some rooms, it's a chaotic mess. In other rooms, it's pretty good. But what's the principle that guides you in the arrangement of the furniture in every room? What's the principle that guides you in the heating system, in the plumbing system, in the energy that moves through the house, and in the the information that moves through the house, in the resources that you live by? What principles guide you? Well, where there are Christian classical principles, this house of education, is going to be very sound. But in every room, there's going to be some mess. I can tell you this by looking in my own mind. In every room, there's going to be some disorder. And you're also going to have to keep cleaning every room. Sorry. You're going to have to keep, you know what else you're going to do? Maybe, I think this is theoretically possible, maybe your house is smaller than you want it to be. Maybe you're going to have to knock some walls down and make your kitchen bigger. Maybe you're going to have to make, may, may add a bedroom. Maybe you're going to have to add a family room. Maybe you're going to have to add a gymnasium. Maybe, maybe you're going to have to add a dance hall. To your house, maybe you're going to have to add a, you know, like in Sound of Music, that big um, dance room. Maybe you're going to have to put some more gardening on the outside. You see what I'm getting at? You might have to add some things. You don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to learn from from nothing. What I'm urging you to do then is is don't feel like you have to reject your past. Just reorient yourself, and in that reorienting, begin to reorder the house of your mind begin to reorder the content and also the tools, the energies and the habits and the customs that are done in there. And look, that's going to take your whole life. So take your time. So I'm going <laughs> to stop now because it's a little over 20 minutes, but let me summarize by saying again, Christian classical education is not something brand new, something wholly new. It's about becoming a wise and virtuous person, a human person who's journeying home. And what you're really doing here is you're equipping yourself for that journey home to your Penelope. So reorient yourself to the true, the good, and the beautiful. Reorient yourself to wisdom and virtue. Reorient yourself to the liberating arts over the serving arts. Not because the serving arts don't matter, please understand this, but because you won't know how to use the serving arts if you don't master the arts of thinking and truth, perception and harmony. So, 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 focus on the liberating arts. But above all, above all, especially for Christian classical education, orient yourself toward Christ, the Logos, the principle of unity, the Son of our solar system. Let Him order to shift my metaphor. Let Him be the principle that orders everything in the house of your mind and soul. And in so doing, orient yourself toward the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which lets me conclude by saying some of my favorite words. May the Lord remember you in his kingdom. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.